War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562 24-hour emergency service gas boiler oil burner coogan heating 401-732-6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold, it's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie, it's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program it's brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. So obviously, speculation continues as to who leaked who leaked that um, document from the Supreme Court. The person needs to be identified. It's a massive breach. That's where every all the focus should go to. Uh, what this really seems to be doing right now is just firing up the left, firing up the Democrat base. There was a rally at the State House last night. People aren't sure exactly what's going on. A lot of misinformation being put out there, which is exactly the way they want it. It's tough to ignore the political ramifications that whoever did this, it did in fact um, do this to try to influence the court on what their decision may be. So we, we don't know what the final draft is going to be. By all accounts, um, there, there are reports in Washington that this really isn't going to have any impact. Uh, on the decision it sounds like it's going to make things put things back to the states and what that means is is in 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 our area our part of the country especially rhode island it wouldn't have any impact but you, you wouldn't know that but whoever did leak this information i mean it's a serious breach uh it's an unprecedented breach notice the those on the far left those who were rallying last night they don't care about that part of it it's also interesting to me folks you know we hear so much about cybersecurity russian hackers and all this other stuff and then you know you have someone that obviously is at the court whoever it was and then decided to leak this information to politico and uh then there needs to be accountability on something like that you just you can't have that that's that's that di that's dismantling the rule of law that's not how the supreme court is supposed to act regardless of the the situation the equation of of what case it was involved in you we can't have a system where because of that that's you know this becomes just so people understand this becomes mob rule this really becomes that's right that's what the summer of 2020 was the summer of 2020 was you know all the protests and so forth all the rioting and that was basically you know if if trump is reelected, we're going to burn down every city and they would say that and they would do that and so this is another example of that. And there, there were people taking to social media saying, burn it down. Boy, they love that phrase. How is that not an insurrection? How is that not? You know, well, all we hear about is democracy is under attack and insurrection and rule of law. Well, what about that? So you have justices that are about to make a decision. Uh, apparently, it's not even final. It's a draft. And then some activist that has access to it at the Supreme Court decides to put it in you know who 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 has to gain from that so it, it's a dangerous precedent it's an unprecedented one and they need to get to that but what you saw last night is this now just becomes a rallying cry they they democrat candidates they want to take the focus off 
anything that has to do everything they want to make it a one-issue race. They don't want to talk about inflation. They don't want to talk about high gas prices. They don't want to talk about the sour mood of the country. They don't want to talk about the, the Biden presidency failing, right? All, all they seemingly, that's all they want to talk about. And they want to keep talking about it, as a matter of fact. Because if they're talking about uh, the frightening people and fear-mongering and they're going to overturn this and people's right then 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 they don't have to talk about the other stuff and they're very concerned about what's going to happen in the midterms as i said this also is a way to kind of bridge the divide within the democrat party that's had almost basically has had a civil war between moderates and the progressive left and then of course so you know last night they were all rallying and screaming at the state house and this is outrageous and then they start the fear-mongering you know next thing you know they're gonna they're gonna outlaw you can't have um interracial marriages they're going to take away gay marriage they're going to i i now it starts to just become a total free-for-all on fear-mongering um, now the one hand we still have a long way to go before november and on the on another part is just you know in, in different parts of the country uh people are just so fed up with high crime high prices lack of direction leadership lack of leadership from this administration that they are ready to make changes so but this was um I, I it was really despicable to see how uh the amount of people that then just start to throw the rhetoric out there and it's all fear-mongering folks this portion of the program this coming up this sunday's mother's day hey stop in and see our friends j's letter j posture yes broadway appliance and tv 47 cedar swamp road route 5 smithfield fantastic selection on grills family-run business since 1963 you deal directly with the owner and on top of that remember they will match or beat any deal that you have their hours are monday through friday from 10 to 5 but you can make an appointment on the weekend so then you're guaranteed you know you're not going in it's not all trying to because they're busy that way you get exact personal attention look for them on facebook j's letter j broadway appliance and tv and you can also find them online, jaysappliance.com. Get yourself a new grill. This is certainly grilling season. And stop in and see them. Much more ahead, plus Nelly Gobea has a, uh, I can't believe they printed it in the Providence Journal. We'll tell you about that and much more right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus days we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, thepetro.com. Joining us right now, he is a columnist for the Boston Globe, mainly focusing on Rhode Island. But it is Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, um, boy, late last week, I, I thought, I still think it was kind of a pivotal time in the McKee campaign. Um, I mean, it was just a back-to-back -back whammy of... Poll numbers come out. He has dropped 18 points in this morning council poll. Lowest drop, actually, of any uh, governor who's seeking re-election. I, I think it was also, it's so telling that right next door, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker is the most popular governor, not That's right. seeking re-election. Um, governor McKee also, you know, you can't point it on the region because Connecticut Governor Lamont, he, he's in the high 50s. The Sununu Republican Governor New Hampshire is doing well. And then we find out, you know, this whole controversy regarding Rypeck, and he agreed twice that he would be part of their forum at Crown Plaza, which should have just been like a no big deal thing. But he drew more attention to it. He 
first said that he's consistent, even though they agreed twice to do it, he set the new line in the sand that he's not doing any debates or forums till July when all the paperwork is in, which there is an element of, of truth to that, that you want to wait to make sure everyone's going to be part of it. Then he pivots <laughs> and announces he will be there on Thursday. So I'm very anxious to hear your thoughts on um, on the – again, it, it's hard to lose the label of the flip-flop based on a lot of the, the way we've seen this governor operate. What I'm trying to figure out, John, is who is advi- – there's, there's, yeah. this, goes, this goes two different ways. One is whoever's advising him is, is just getting – is giving horrible advice – yeah. And and it's a frequent situation, right? The debate is the most is the most recent, but you know, there there's a lot of uh, you know, just a lot of kind of bad advice that that that's happening for the governor. So it's either that or the governor himself is making, you know, really yes. poor decisions, right? Cuz it could be that. I mean, there you know, again, we, our last governor, Gina Raimondo, you know, everything went through her. So, right. you know, that was on her. Um, what I can't figure out with the governor's office is, boy, they, they, he, the governor, makes a lot of excuses. I mean, this was a staff error. The, uh, you know, the sal or the the bonuses for the state employees. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that. That was, you know, Department of Administration. I mean, you know, the the ILO education consulting contract. That's just the media out to get me. I mean. It, it seems strange that there's this much kind of th- this many errors happening without any of the governor's knowledge. Um, and so I think he's uh, he's really under a lot of fire right now and heading into this debate. I, I, I suppose I'm glad that he will be there because it will be it makes things a lot more interesting. But I think uh, I think you're going to see. The, I think you're every Canada unload on the governor. I mean, I think yes. this is going to be a, a really interesting kind of first day <clears throat> look at, at what the rest of this campaign is going to is going to look like. I think you're going to see, um, you know, I think you're going to see across the board, uh, both the Republican candidate, Ashley Kalis, and I think every candidate, uh, every Democrat in this race is going to really set their their target on Governor McKee. And now. Well, you and I will know about this and, you know, insiders might pay some attention. You're not going to see, you know, this isn't going to be widely seen by, you know, all of Rhode Island. But it, it's the, how he handles this yes. will be the most interesting thing to watch because he should be prepared for this is what the campaign is going to look like for the next six months. And not only that, Tim McGowan, but when you show up at that and you're the governor and, you know, you got the state police, you got your staff you know that's where ego comes in that's yep. where pride comes in and uh you know he doesn't want to get slapped around let's go back to the very beginning though if 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 i were the mckee people and the rypec people who again i i respect you know the organization and john simmons and they everything they do i respect but but if they had come to him and i'm with the mckee people and i say wait a minute who's going to be on the stage you're going to have the republicans no 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 we're not going to be part of something with a Republican is up there or even listen, I, I think you can make an argument. This Dr. Lewis Monez, who's put no money in and he's yep. just, he ran as a independent four years ago, got nothing. He's at one percent now. You can make an argument like he's just going to eat up time. On the other hand, maybe you want him there to eat up time. Right. But to confirm twice and then come out with this business of, oh, no, no, I, I've been consistent. I'm not doing anything to July. Dan McGowan, if he had said in the beginning because I pointed the example, Patrick Lynch was on the debate stage in, yep. in, in June of 2010 at the PPAC. And then in July, he, he you know, exited the race for governor. He never fully went through. So there is an argument to that. But, boy, if you're going to work for this governor, you have to be prepared to get thrown under the bus. Well, two things. You have to be prepared to get thrown under the bus. Wow. Also, the other thing is the amount of finger pointing that happens in that administration. I mean, one thing, again, we compare this to Gina Raimondo because she's the last governor. But one thing I'll say about Gina Raimondo, again, you don't have to like anything she did. She generally took responsibility for, you know, for mistakes and for, most importantly, for decisions, right? And, And a lot of that, let's be honest, is ego, right? She wanted credit for when things went well. 
Um, but you, ne- I mean, I, I gotta say, covered her for eight years or seven, you know, seven some she odd years. She ran a tight ship. You never, yeah, yeah, you never heard from people unless they were strategic leaks. Right? You never heard from anybody that said, "Boy, you know, uh, the chief of staff over there is an idiot," <laughs> or, or, or what? In this whole administration, everybody is, you know, kind of out to get each other. There's a lot of finger pointing comes right from the top, right? Because the governor, you know, pins things off on people. And I think right there was a way to 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 kind of set a policy. You know, right? His strategy here is to be. Is to be seen as the incumbent governor uh, above all else, right? And what what Ramundo and what past incumbent governors have always done is is said, I'm going to do most of my campaigning from kind of from the office, and you know I'll I'll participate in debates because I have to, but you know I'll do it once we know what the field looks like. You know you can always push that off. The thing is is. I'll be honest. I mean, I caught the guy. I didn't know that was his policy until he said it. <laughs> no, so, no. Well, but you know, let's deal in reality. I mean, d- don't you think, and again, this is an opinion thing. Don't you think it's, it's, it was more just the FBI probe that they, they weren't sure how to handle that? And maybe someone said, no, you don't want to do that. They're going to ask you about it. And then he just decided because, damn it, God, when I look back at when they last confirmed, and right back is a buttoned up organization. Yep. And you talked to them. Smart guys, this yeah. wasn't. This was nailed down. This business of, oh, I know he's out of town. And this was nailed down. I, I come back to what, what's the dynamic that changed. And the only thing that really changed, it can't be the, I don't think it's the Ashley Kalis and she lost the contract and so forth. But I think it comes to the FBI probe. And that's that's not an easy thing to navigate through because, you know, one side of the room is saying you can't comment. You know, if you're up there, Matt Brown, and they're going to hit you on that. Uh, and so it, it seems like that side kind of won out. But can you think – I can't think of any other dynamic changed that would have made him pull out of this. No, I mean this has to be uh, certainly, if not the only reason, the leading a, reason. A, a big reason. Yeah, yeah. a huge okay. reason. And, and by the way, it's, make no – you know, don't don't get it lost on you that the moderator for this debate is Steph Machado from Channel That's 12. That's right. I, I'm sure they are a little bit – they have some anxiety over that. Uh, because of course she's going to ask a question about this, and it's, it's and what her should. and she should. It's what her job yeah. is. Uh, and never and, mind the station that she represents, yes. which has yeah, uh, they've led the way on this. So they have yeah, and so I think uh, I, I think that a lot of these things you know play play a role in it, and and yeah, and I think he I think he wants to avoid I think he wants to avoid scenarios where where he he's in a situation where like you said you've, you're going to now have all of his Democratic opponents. Uh, even ones who may not be a factor in this race kind of going after him. And then on top of it, you know, the uh, Ashley Kalis, the Republican uh, candidate, whose, you know, whose job right now is to say, look at these Democrats, they're screwing things up. And again, th- you know, Helena Folks isn't screwing up the economy. She's not even elected, you know. Uh, Nellie Gorbea is the Secretary of State. She has nothing to do with this. And so the focus is going to be on the governor um, and he's going to have to deal with this. I mean, look, the, you, you like the value of incumbency. You like that, you know, everybody in that campaign says, look, incumbents win most of the time. Incumbents win most of the time. Well, the one part of this is that you have to defend a record. That's right. Uh, uh, and so he's going to have to learn how to, you know, he's going to have to learn how to take a punch. He's going to have to learn to throw one, uh, you know, in a way that, that doesn't look petty, which I think is really interesting and not easy for him to do. If you go back, you know, he when when he debated Aaron Regenberg when he was running for lieutenant governor when he was running for re-election. Oh, now he, I wish I could see those. Yeah, and his if you go back and and look at it, he did a one with Channel Twelve. I remember because I was in the room, and his strategy was to come across as the grown-up. Right, you okay. had you had the progressive socialist, you know, candidate, and then he was the grown-up. And you know what? He's he's not a he's not going to be you know he's not J- uh, JFK right on the debate stage, but he managed to you know handle himself and and again come across as the grown up in this situation. You know you, you're not going to stand above a Helena Folks or a, or a Nelly Gorbea, right? You're going right. to have you're going to have to kind of you know dodge and weave here a little bit or duck and weave a little bit here and. Uh, and I'm, I'm just interested to see what kind of punches he wants to land on his opponents. Or is he just going to say, look, 
you know, things aren't as bad. You know, he's, is he going to take the national democratic line, which is things aren't as bad as you think they are? Yeah, I think my prediction, he's he's making a mistake going at this point, only because of the way they handled it, drawn more attention to it. Um, and, you know, and, and, and nobody would. He, he's not good with these lines, Dan McGowan. That whole thing of, and then who's going to have the courage to write this story? You're not going to find any stains on this jacket, right. and that that you know, he maybe he thought he did that well. That that was not done well. Uh, I predict it's it's the Kalis Matt Brown tag team. I think if you're Nelly, you don't even have to because they're going to. You know, you go back to Elizabeth Warren took down Mike Bloomberg. Yep. I mean, she did. Yep. It was not it was not Biden and it wasn't really even Bernie Sanders. That's Elizabeth right. Warren and, and you're getting applause and you start to feed into it. Dave McGowan, if you're Ashley Kalis, this is your coming out party. Absolutely. She gets to, when is she else again gonna have a chance to be on the same stage as him? And and all she has to do is land a couple of blows and people are like, Wow, who is this? He's well, making a huge mistake by going tomorrow, well, I think. And think about this. If you're, you know, the, the challenge with these debates is most of the time it's you just don't want to step in it, right? You don't want to have a terrible moment where you, you know, where you make a, just a dumb mistake that gets repeated, repeated, repeated. The thing is, is that Democrats, you know, and this happens in the Republican, you know, we just saw this in Ohio in the Republican primary for Senate there. You know, everyone kind of sounds the same. So if you're Ashley Kalis, this is an actual chance to win, right? Because everybody else, everybody else is going to say, you know, roughly the same things. Governor's bad. My plan, you know, for expanding government programs and whatever is good. Ashley Kalis has a chance to actually be the difference here, uh, you know, the true difference, and, and make that case. Party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a coming, coming out, out party. I think that's right. And Dan McGowan, before we take a break, there's different people that might be able to handle something like this. For instance, you know, if if you if we were talking about Cianci, he could handle a situation like this. I would even say a, a David Cicilline could handle yep. a situation like this. Dan McKee is not he's not cut from that. He doesn't know how to respond in real time. And, and, and it's going to be he, he's not going to he's not going to think they're ganging up on him. They are going to be getting that's right. So I think I think in in what you're going to hear, John said, blow it off. I think they had the right instincts because look at how the way this story now with you know Roe v. how this is like taken over. Yes. Yeah. So the 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 thing would have just gone in the background. Now he's committed. Now he has to do it on tomorrow. And my guess, if I'm if the way he'll because I think you're right. I, I think this becomes if he skips it. Look, the the truth is, you've got the the media beats up on you a little bit. Right. We we all take a shot, and then two months from now, nobody remembers it. It doesn't matter, right? Even so, a month from now, yeah. um, two we, uh, tomorrow, nobody's yeah. gonna get it, right? And and nobody would have paid attention to this debate otherwise. So I think uh, you know, I think you're right. I think he probably should have just stuck with whatever his whatever that yes. plan was. And then I, I, when when I think about sort of how he handles it, right? have a big Roe v. Wade conversation. You're going to have all these other things. The, the, ch- the challenge that he has is his response or his inclination is going to be to try to sort of litigate everything. It's going to be, it's going to be no, no, you're not telling the truth. And you've been in candidate debates and forums. You've run them before. The candidate who is always trying to correct the other yeah. person, they never Loses. succeed. They, they never, don't. right? No. It, it's not about, the right forum for it. Exactly. It is. Yeah. Let the media do that. But it is about you know landing punches. It's about sounding gu- gubernatorial. Um, and and I, my guess, knowing him, is he's going to be defensive, uh, and he's going to try to sort of relitigate everything. Uh, and and it just doesn't work in you know sixty second sound bites. Folks, short break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, right here of the Boston Globe on the John DePietro Show. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website depetro.com. The Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 
1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, I want to just stay with Governor McKee for, for a moment. Uh, a couple things, some follow-up. I, Unless I missed it, I don't think he was at that policy in your junior mayoral announcement no. on, on Monday night. Notable, so, by the way, because I, I think I, I reported in Roadmap a week, a week or so ago that uh, there's some friction there. That, oh, that, yeah. that is a very real thing. And I had heard rumors for a couple of weeks about it. I'm sure you did too, John. And yeah. and to be honest with you, I didn't believe it because their policy, Mayor Palacina is as you know supportive or has been as supportive of Governor McKee. Past uh, re- tense. Re- yeah, well, right. <laughs> a- as anyone. Because now you know, that train has left the station. Well, and even, you know, when I called him again, we put this, I had this in Roadmap, I think a couple of Fridays ago. And I okay, said, yes, you know, and I, and I, I asked him, I said, mayor, you know, what's going on there? And he said, look, I'm not ready to, you know, support somebody else or anything. But he said, I think the governor has moved to the left too much for my taste. He doesn't listen to me. Uh, he's got his own, you know, he kind of said he's got his own advisors. He's doing his own thing. Um, there's real frustration there. And that is a huge problem. And you're right. It's a, it's a little bit of a, um, a you know, a hyper go to the sun's to, announcement. To, right. Who, by the way, I mean, wow. it's a set, you know, in Johnson, from all accounts, it seems like it's a coronation, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> that, that kid, the, the Joe Paulson Jr. is going to be the mayor there. Yeah. Uh, and to not show up and just, you know, stand, oh. by the way, bipartisan mayor. I think Ken Hopkins yeah. was Ken there. Ken Hopkins was there. Uh, oh, wow. So you had Boy. a chance there and, and it didn't happen. I was told that's like blowing off a wedding or a confirmation. Like, wow, (laughs) blank him. One more thing, Dan McGowan, before we move on. I'll tell you one thing, share with you. Maybe you know the same thing, but I am surprised the the people that have access to Governor McKee. And what I mean by that is communication with him, long texting back and forth. I mean, he, he, he gives longer text replies than I do. Yes. And he's the governor. Like, I, I, I am really surprised. When people that I deal with will say that they still are in communication with them and then they'll recant, here's where we were going back. And this, I can't believe he has, um, unless he has a staffer doing it, but I'm just, I mean, to me, you never saw that with Raimondo. Never. I mean, look, we all, you know, in the journalism community, as you know, I'm sure your Rolodex is pretty great. And we all have you know, our ways of being able to get in touch with politicians, you know, in this, in the, the rare event where their spokespeople aren't helpful or whatever. But I always sort of treated it as like, you know, you don't text Gina Raimondo unless there's the world is on fire. Right. You know, even I've always had a a relationship with the mayors of Providence, you know, usually you go through the most, you know, the, the, the spokesperson or whatever. Um, you're you're exactly right the governor now here's the thing it it, what it carries over from is when you're the lieutenant governor nobody you know nobody cares about you right uh trying to build and alliances and so forth and and, then during the pandemic but that's exactly right and so you're texting you're calling you're doing all that kind of stuff and he you know he hasn't i have his cell phone number he has not changed his number or anything like that and he yeah that that is there's no question that he is somebody who uh, keeps in very close contact. The thing about that is, you know, you, you want, on one hand, he might say, well, I'm a man of the people, right? You, I'll, I'll respond. Uh-huh. The, the, the problem is, is that when you're kind of indecisive, when you're a little bit all over the place as an administration, it means that, you know, you've got the police chief in Cumberland texting you, you've yeah. got the town manager in North Kingstown, and it's a constant, you know, disagreement, right? I mean, think about yeah. it, just what we were just talking about. Yeah. Policina has a lot of access to you. If you're doing things that he doesn't want, your phone all day, you look at That's your right. phone and it's, it's Mayor Policina telling you That's you're right. wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yes, this is a, this is an issue for the governor. 
Um, and I don't know how he's going to correct it because this just kind of is who he is. Dave McGowan, what do you um, what do you make of Nelly Gorbea releasing the poll where she shows that that she's in the lead? I had heard she was having uh, that the money was drying up a little bit for her, although she still reported a good amount of money. But what do you make of the self-reporting that she shows herself in the lead? Well, you know, this is now the second time she's she's released a poll yes. that shows, you know, she first it was she's close. Now she's in the lead. You know, I mean, I think the truth is usually when a candidate is in the lead, they, they kind of try to keep it close to the vest. Um, I think what she's trying to do is, I mean, you just hit it. You, you know, she needs to raise more more money. Yeah. Uh, now, she's competitive. She's got 800 some odd thousand dollars in her campaign account. So she's, you know, she certainly is, is on a track to having enough money to win. I think she's she's doing this to say, hey, don't forget about me over here. Right. You know, you've got this, you've got the Republican candidate already on television. Everybody's preparing for the, you know, wave of television that Helena Folks is going to buy. And the governor's, you know, kind of sucking all the air out of the room. I think she's trying to say, hey, not only am I a factor here, right now I might be the best factor. And I'll say it's hard to, it's hard to tell with, with these polls, especially since you don't know exactly who got called. You don't know all that stuff. You know, internal polls are, are really tough to report on, but doesn't strike me as crazy that she would be somewhere around that 30% range. Um, and I think you see a big undecided number. I think they're very concerned about Helena folks really yeah. sucking up the big, you know, you've already made your decision about Governor McKee. You've probably, right. you know, you, 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 you probably know at least enough about Nellie Gorbea to know if you're going to vote for her. I think there's, they, everybody sees that. If there's some odd 26% of people who are undecided, yep. uh, there's a chance Selena Folks gets 22, 23% there. there is. Yeah. Um, and suddenly, you know, puts her over the top. So I think Nelly Gorbea, that's why you, oh, by the way, it's why you also see Nelly Gorbea kind of taking swipes at, um, yes. at Helena Folks, you know, bringing right. up that Mitch McConnell donation. That's um, right. I, so that's going to, I think that's going to continue to be a factor. What's clear to me, and she's doing a better job than I think maybe you or I thought she would have done a year ago. Nelly Gorbea is staying in this thing to the end, and she is going to be a major factor. What I, what, what I don't think anymore, I don't think you're going to see her, you know, fizzle out and, and end up with, you know, 15% of the vote. I think no, she's no, a, no, no. She's a very real factor in this race. Now, Dan McGowan, uh, let's talk about, your thoughts, what was leaked out of Washington, starting with the governor's race? How does that impact? Last night, there was a uh, women uh, project, Rhode Island, I believe. They had a, a you know, it was spur of the moment protests all over the country. Mm -hmm. Nellie Gorbea was there. I don't believe Helena Folks was there. Governor McKee is supposedly still away on vacation. Um, I think Matt Brown, I'm, I'm not sure if Matt Brown spoke, but how do you think that? that impact the democrat primary i think it gives you know and this is uh, i think a, a, it, this may may not be the exact perfect analysis from a guy you know, two guys talking here to me it strikes me as a a sweet spot for somebody like nelly gorbea to really stand up i mean she was the one that kind of called out and said i'll be at this you know this yep. uh this gathering remember she's endorsed by emily's list that's true. Um, which, which, which suddenly Emily's list is, you know, probably going to be, uh, they're always a factor in, in political, you know, races all around the country. But suddenly, you know, Emily's list is probably going to get a lot of attention. I think, uh, I think suddenly the Planned Parenthood uh, endorsement becomes really important in a Democratic primary. Um, and, and, and that right now we don't know where that's going to go, but certainly, you know, if Emily's list is any predictor, Nelly Gourbet is going to be right there potentially for that. So I think it opens up a, a world for, for a Nelly. Um, certainly Helena folks is going to try and grab onto that as well. But I, I think Helena folks is certainly is more of, you know, I'm going to try to grab kind of the, uh, the folks who are concerned about the economy, sort of a moderate sure. voter thing. So I think this yep. helps Nelly Gourbet. I think it hurts governor McKee. Not because he's in any way, you know, he, he doesn't have any different position than anybody else. I think he just signed on to, a, you know, uh, I think mostly blue states that say they're going to protect, you know, Roe v. Wade. But I, I think it's just harder when you're, uh, you know, an, an older man to be talking sure. about this as opposed to her. I also good, think. Good point. 
you know, the other part of this that, that I think becomes interesting, general election wide, I think this becomes a factor in the congressional race and it becomes a factor uh, for Ashley Kalis where, you know, if if you suddenly start to see, you know, a wave of particularly younger progressive women, suburban yep. women who are really, uh, you know, motivated now to yes. vote, now suddenly, you know, Ashley Kalis ha- has to, you know, figure out kind of where she stands on this stuff and it, it becomes a little bit of a problem. I think for Alan Fung, who for all the things that have gone right for him, this is an issue he just doesn't want to talk about. Right. Um, and so I do think it, it, it certainly ben- in a blue state like Rhode Island, I do think it really benefits the Democratic candidates. I'd say mostly a Nelly Gorbea. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston World, right here on the John DePietro Show. To check out our website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards, the Centerdale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with columnist and coach of the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. Dan McGowan, you wrote a very flattering piece on Joy Fox, um, who's running uh, CD2. What strikes me about that is I, I just, you wonder someone like that, <clears throat> at least I came away with it, of just the decision-making to go for that office. You know, there's a lot to be said for going, running a race, winning a race, getting elected, getting the experience of that. Um, That's what I come away with is just it's like a little bit of a bridge too far. People forget, you know, Raimondo, yes, her first office was general treasurer. But, you know, Dan McKee was the the mayor of Cumberland and David Cicilline was a rep. Um, So I thought it was a flattering piece on, on Joy Fox, but it's just hard to. It's hard to ignore Seth Magazina that, especially now with the news out of Washington, it, it is going to start to seem a little, to me, a little bit like a coronation on the Democrat side. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it feels like a coronation yeah. for, for lots of uh, folks. You know, part of it, this is you just look at that field and, you know, just be fairly candid about it. You know, I look at it and I see, you know, fairly, obviously very significant kind of opportunism there. We, we've already litigated and talked about what Seth Magaziner's decision to go from the governor's race to there. You know, David Siegel pops out of nowhere, you know, for, for a decade. You've got the Sarah Morgenthau who has seems to barely spend any time in Rhode Island. Right. Um, and so, you know, you do have this other person who has raised enough money to at least be a factor. I mean, I think I call right. her a credible candidate. Um, Joy, enjoy Fox, who lives there, who actually seems to enjoy living, you know, both in Rhode Island and particularly in the second district. I think yeah. you're right. You, you, there, there's no doubt that um, she's somebody who would have been, w- would have probably been a shoe in to win a state representative seat or, uh, right. you know, or that state Senate seat that Harrison Tuttle's going for. That's a, mean, or, or go run yeah. for Mara Warwick, right? Which, right? which the Democrats are looking for. So, you sure. know, th- there were lots of, you know, potential options. I will say, I mean, to her credit, you know, this is somebody who she didn't, I, I do believe truly that, you know, the, uh, I think Jim Langevin announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election on a Monday or Tuesday. Right. Uh, 
you know, Joy Fox was not waking up in the mirror the week before and seeing a congresswoman, no. right? No. She, she, she is somebody who was she very much was talked into this by, I think, a lot of kind of uh, leading women kind of executive types in this state. And uh, and I think they said, look, I don't want to do it. You do it. And uh, and, and this is kind of who she is. Um, I think she's going to be a, a factor in this race. I, I certainly wouldn't put her as a as a favorite. I just I it, it is noticeable how much uh, she enjoys the campaigning part of this and the, uh, you know, in just running for office in this district. Whereas what you see from the others is you see a lot of people who really want to go to Washington. Um, and, and I think to his credit, and I think you've, you've said this before, you've known Jim Langevin a long time. Jim Langevin's a guy who doesn't get a lot of credit for, you know, passing all the big bills. He's not as flashy as David Cicilline. That's right. he's, a, he's a guy though, who, who got brought a lot of money back to the second district yeah. who likes being in the second district. He likes 20 years in Congress. Exactly. 20 years in Congress. I, I think you, even. I think you have a bunch of candidates who want to go to Washington. I think you have two candidates who actually want to be there. I think one is Joy Fox. I think the other is Alan Fogg. She posted a photo of her. Just, it, it looked like she was alone in front of the Supreme court selfie. It, it just seemed you know, if that was Magaziner, they would have had, you know, him with the sleeves rolled up, you know, conversing exactly. with someone. It just it had more the feel of like someone running for state office instead of that. You know what else, Dave McGowan, I also noticed was Kim Kalunian, your former colleague on, on WPRI, they do a thing, community focus. And and so they have all the candidates on and they have the yep. time to do it in the four o'clock hour. And so she had Magaziner on and the timing worked out. But what I noticed is so seven minute segment. And she starts off with, give me the elevator pitch. So, you know, one minute, why do you want to do it? Instead, it goes a minute 30, which is fine. Then two minutes is him talking about Roe v. Wade. You just ate up three and a half minutes, half of the segment, and it's all fluff. If you take out what just happened with the Supreme Court, that means he doesn't have to talk about inflation. He doesn't have to talk about Afghanistan. He doesn't have to talk about Biden low approval ratings. I think what that issue really does it allows you to talk about something that they all feel strongly about. You don't have to talk about the things you don't want to talk about, which is just, you know, they're going to get, or they were going to, who knows what the midterms now, but I, I don't think people fully realize, you know, these are not our segments. It's, it's short. And if you can eat up the clock talking about something very passionate, yep. that's going to hit, you know, all the buzzers for those that are running, then, then I think it's a positive. Yeah, well, think now, about think about this though, just very quickly on it because you're you're exactly right. Just think about the kind of person who's watching the four o'clock news, right? Maybe you just dropped your kid off at little league practice or at a you know daycare, whatever school, whatever it is. You know, you picked your kid up, so you were in the car. You know what your gas prices are. You're 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 not particularly thrilled by that. Chances are you're not high income. Uh, it, it, you know, j- just based on the demographics of the state and, and, and who watches, you know, local television. So you're you're maybe upset about that. You're maybe upset about, you know, certainly inflation, what grocery costs, all that stuff. But you know what? You're you're probably a Democrat. Good chance you're a supporter of, you know, of abortion rights, things like that. And you turn on the TV and all the things you're like you said, all the things you're mad at, you can kind of be swept away because you're like, wait a minute, this guy stands up for me. Uh, and, and I think you're right. I think this for the Democrats becomes, uh, you know, an issue that you can really dominate the, the conversation. And you do. You don't have to, you know, uh, stay on these other these other issues that are really bad for Democrats nationally and here in Rhode Island. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know. I think it's a little early. Certainly fired up the base last night. That was mm-hmm. like a Democrat rally. I also noticed it's almost a way to bridge the divide between, you know, Nancy Pelosi and that new book out where Gina Raimondo was mentioned and, yes. and, and and the fact that she, can you imagine she was telling the Biden people, why didn't he bow <laughs> out and endorse Bloomberg? And then she still got named commerce secretary, but it does kind of unite, you know, the Tierra Max with the more moderates, at least it's all the Democrats um, on that side. Speaking of that Dave McGowan, what was your reaction? Did you, had you heard about that, that, that uh, what they reported in this new book, the two reporters for the New York times that, that on behalf that that Ramundo was that far along, almost on behalf of the, the the Bloomberg campaign, asking the Biden people in February, right before the pandemic hit in March, 
to pull out and endorse Mike Bloomberg? So I did not know that. I, and I'll, wow. I'll, I'll tell you, John, I spent yesterday kind of in the dark. I read the entire book yesterday because oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to, I really wanted to see what else is in there. And it's juicy. I highly recommend it. It's a couple of things to know. One thing I'll say is this, go back and read a lot of both Jonathan Martin and Alexander, um, I forget his last, uh, Bur- I think it's Alex Burns, uh, uh, writing, uh, particularly whenever there was a way, you know, to talk about moderate Democrats over the last five, six years. Go look at how many times Gina Raimondo is mentioned in those stories. John, uh, I am pretty confident that Gina Raimondo was a solid source for, for both of these wow. people. So one thing I'll say is that that's, that's not to say anything other than uh, those guys know they've got the goods and they're, they're not people to question. Uh, they, they definitely had Gina. So we talked about in the first segment, who has whose cell phones, they have Gina Raimondo's cell phone. Uh, you know, I, I think so. So that's one factor there. Um, I do remember, I, I remember this pretty well because I remember they did Mike Bloomberg event actually in our building, the globe building, yes. It, yes. you know, in, in Providence. And I remember right after that, Gina was going to this, the, it was the governor's association was going to DC. And I remember there was speculation at the time, boy, you know, the only governor in the entire country that's supporting Mike Bloomberg is Gina Raimondo. And and she was hotshot down there. Right. And so I remember there was speculation at the time, you know, is she going to try to lobby on behalf of Bloomberg or anything? Nothing like, is she going to, you know, try to to try to come in heavy and say, uh, you know, Biden should get out of the race. You're right. The the funny thing is there's a there's a point in that book where, you know, everybody was pretty much uniformly very impressed with Gina Raimondo. Um, There's been previous reporting that Joe Biden's kind of move for the vice presidential search was. He had committed early that I'm going to I'm going to make a woman the vice president. And what he told people, remember, there's a separate book about this. He he told his search committee, the thing I want is I want as many women as you can find. And I want them to all look better after than than before than before they came in. So, you know, as things leak out, I want everyone to look good. If you think about it, I mean, Karen Bass was you know, was known by nobody and then was known by everybody, right? Uh, the, mm. uh, Val Demings in, in Florida, yes. you know, lots of Keisha Lance Bottoms, the Atlanta mayor, right? So all these people did, in, including Gina Raimondo, came out looking a lot better. The thing that's, that's really funny is a great passage where, you know, they, uh, I think Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles. Yeah, he's high on her. Yeah, he, in, in, by yeah. the way, there's a connection there. Uh, they were, I think they were roads together. Um, and so, you know, very high on her. And he says, you know, this per Gina Raimondo is the closest person, um, to a Joe Biden. And Joe right. Biden says, yeah, you know, that's, that might be true, except for she went to Harvard and Yale and is a Rhodes Scholar. And I went to the right. University of Delaware. Very funny. But it showed you she made a real impact. And to be able to, people don't realize, I think, you know, you think local politics is petty. People hold grudges in Washington just as much. The yeah. the number of people that probably did not want Gina Raimondo anywhere near mm. uh, that administration, and then to make her Commerce Secretary anyway. And wow. now, I mean, they're as thick as thieves. They they seem to be very close. So uh, it shows you what she was able to accomplish. But it does show you also, you know, that 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 was an interesting time because she was, you know, she was poised potentially if Mike Bloomberg had. Know, had done anything in any of those oh, debates, she sure. might have been the vice president. Absolutely. And even the story of her in the church with Cece, and he's coming back from Dover's yep. and, uh, you know, pops into the pew. I mean, that's, listen, they didn't get that story from Biden. They that's got right. that story directly from her. Now, before I let you go, Dan McGowan, folks, there's a must read, and I, and I really enjoyed it. And it's, it's your advice to people thinking of coaching Little League. How did that come together of you? putting that together well you know john it's funny you and i talk every week about you know about the politics and about it you know everything we're we're you know running and going and and everything once in a while what i try to do is kind of step back have a little bit of fun yeah as as you know when you were when you were taking up golf i like that exactly right try to show people like okay he's some he's somewhat of a human maybe an elitist human but i'm a human uh and, and this one was you know we were literally over the weekend it was our opening day for little league and 
Uh, and as you know, we've talked about this before. I've coached for 14, 15 years now. And, uh, you know, it's fun. Right in my neighborhood, I'm in Mount Pleasant in Providence. I coach at the yeah. Little League right there. And the funny thing about it is you learn so much, both about the kids and all this stuff, also just you, you know you really figure when I started coaching I you know I always make this joke I thought I was you know throwing batting practice to the Yankees right I I, I thought I was going to teach these kids how to you know win the World Series and yeah. really most of the kids can't tie their shoes right, they, right. they're you're learning all this stuff and so what I tried to do is kind of be a little bit you know uh, have a little bit of humor uh, we got a photographer down to take pictures of the kids which was really cool there's some great pictures in there but you know things like having you know the team mom that can step in and and let you coach and take care of the kid that spills the juice box in the dugout things like that um and then just you know making sure i know it sounds so simple but making sure the kids are always having fun because the truth is i mean you know they they very rarely at the age of 7 and 8 they don't know if they're winning and losing i mean right. i feel like you and i probably did cuz we're different people but but most of them don't know at all you just want to make sure that they want to come back the next day because yep. look baseball's <laughs> baseball's a dying sport i think you you know we've seen numbers go way down and i think kids get really bored by it so i, yeah. I really try to focus on making sure they're, you know, you have little successes, you hit the ball today, you caught the ball today, whatever. Um, you know, so much of it is just trying to make sure that they, they have little wins so that they are, you know, willing to come back. And hopefully they play a couple of years, they start to really like it, and then they get very serious about it. That's, that's the goal that I certainly have. But it's, it's, all hel- it's also helpful, though. I like how you say the mother suggests, why don't we just have them play catch? And, <laughs> and it is easier if you have more than one coach and there's more coaching and the whole thing. I, it was a really enjoyable read. Um, folks, and again, you can also get Roadmap. It's an email. It's detailed. It has links to everything, whether it be a huge Celtic win last night, other stories that are out there. Uh, Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind, extend the offer right now to those that are listening. Absolutely. So very simple. Like John said, it's completely free. It comes right to your inbox every morning, hopefully before 8 a.m. All you have to do is send me a blank email. You don't have to write anything in the subject line. Just type in rinews at globe.com. rinews at globe.com. Um, I'll sign you up and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. We'll see you at the debate maybe, John. That's right. <laughs> it's- a problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable, Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority call them today now it's cold it's going to remain cold call coogan heating today 401-732-6562 it's coogie it's 24-hour emergency service hey not long ago our hot water tank gave out what did i do did i panic did i try to fix it i called coogan heating 401-732-6562 look for them on facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com.